Hello and thank you for joining us here in On Israel. I'm Ben Kaspit from Tel Aviv. Many Israelis talk about the real threat to the country's democracy and even foresee its demise if Benjamin Netanyahu succeeds in his fourth attempt to gain a Knesset majority and of right-wing and ultra-Orthodox parties. According to various scenarios, this majority would allow him to push through legislation weakening the state's democratic institutions and suspending Netanyahu's trial on charges of corruption. On the other hand, Israel's democracy has proven far more resilient over the past decade than its uh, detractors expected, and reports of its uh, impending demise are exaggerated and premature. The Prime Minister's trial has started de- despite persistent efforts to postpone it, and the evidentiary stage is set for April, two weeks after the elections. Could Netanyahu stop a trial that has already begun? Is Israel's judicial system under real threat? Are four consecutive inconclusive elections cutting proof of an underlying weakness of Israel's democracy? Is Israel a deeply rooted real democracy with its different population groups fully committed to the democratic system? Or is it a patchwork of tribes, some of whom would prefer other, less democratic systems of government? Our guest today is the president of the Israel Democracy Institute. Yohanan Plesner served as an officer in the elite Sayeret Matkal unit of the IDF, as an external advisor to the longtime head of the Pentagon's Net Assessment Office, the late Andy Marshall, as a Knesset member of the Kadima Party and chair of the Knesset Committee tasked with finding a solution to the problem of drafting ultra-Orthodox men. Yohanan Plesner will join me here right after a short break to talk about the situation in the country that Netanyahu and many others insist is the only democracy in the Middle East. If you're listening to this podcast, you obviously care about the Middle East. And if you do, you should probably be reading El Monitor. El Monitor is a global newsroom headquartered in Washington, D.C., with a network of over 160 contributors around the world. El Monitor offers first-class reporting and analysis from a range of perspectives and an approach that represents the highest journalistic standards, as well as an award-winning commitment to press freedom and independence. If you haven't done so already, visit us at elmonitor.com, check out our articles, and sign up for our free newsletters. There's a lot to choose from, including the Week in Review, an essay that offers unusual insights and forecasts into the region based upon El Monitor's outstanding reporting. And if you haven't done so, please subscribe to our El Monitor podcast on your favorite podcast platform, on Israel with Ben Caspit and on the Middle East with me, Andrew Parasoliti. Now we are uh, pleased to say hello uh, to uh, Yohanan Plesner, uh, the president of the Israeli uh, Democracy Institute. Uh, Shalom, Yohanan, how are you? Hi, Ben, shalom, and thanks for having me. Okay, let's let's jump into the, the, the high waters, and I just want to ask you for, to, to start with, yes or no, is Israeli democracy under real threat, in your opinion? 
The answer is yes, and I'm, uh, I'm quite hesitant to say that because over the past decade, uh, we've uh, witnessed many dozens of uh, initiatives, uh, mainly legislative initiatives, uh, uh, with an attempt to undermine various aspects of our democracy, rule of law, separation of power, checks and balances, aimed at uh, civil society, rights of minorities, and so on. And uh, we've weathered the storm uh, by and large. The answer is yes, because right now, uh, as we approach the upcoming uh, election, uh, there's uh, about a 50-50 chance of, uh, of a new government that introduced in, uh, to the Israeli public a legislative package that it intends to uh, legislate should it uh, win a, a coalition led by Mr. Netanyahu. The overall effect, if this uh, package is actually introduced to the Knesset and passed, is almost uh, uh, is a dramatic erosion of Israel's democratic regime. And this is what uh, I'm very concerned about. Do you really believe it's possible, for example, to stop a trial, a, a criminal trial that was already uh, the, uh, indicted and started, you know, the, the new date to start the, the, the crucial phase in the Prime Minister's Netanyahu trial is scheduled to, uh, to early April, uh, two weeks after the, the election. Do you think there is a possibility to, to hold everything and to, to, uh, to have a new statute, maybe a retroactive statute that, that will, I think, first time in history, stop a trial in its midst? Isn't it fiction? Ben, the, uh, the, the, the short answer is no, and the longer answer is yes. The short answer is no, because it has no precedent whatsoever uh, in the criminal law. Uh, the, the, the trial began and it should continue. There's no court in the world that would uh, uh, allow for such a precedent and no Supreme Court that would approve uh, uh, such a maneuver or even such uh, legislation. But uh, the, the longer answer is yes, because uh, um, we have to understand that Israel's uh, uh, democratic regime or Israel's democracy and its democratic, democratic makeup is very fragile. We are a, demo a functioning democracy that we are proud of, but a democracy without a constitution. This means that a simple majority of 61 out of 120 members of Knesset can change the rules of the game uh, fundamentally. They can they upset the entire institutional makeup of, uh, of our state. And this means that if we have 61 MKs that are adamant and committed and would uh, uh, not only legislate uh, what we call a French law, which is immunity or a halt in uh, Mr. Netanyahu's trial, but they will also have to cut down uh, the authorities of the Supreme Court. So the Supreme Court won't be able to uh, intervene and cancel this decision. So this means an entire overhaul in Israel's democratic institutional makeup. Should that happen, and 61 MKs, uh, there are no limitations to their power in our democracy, if we will have an adamant enough uh, coalition uh, that will want to uh, undermine the independence of the judiciary and to go all the way, uh, this would be inconceivable, but yet possible. I want to, to, to have a different look for a second. Uh, let's go to the you know, more macro picture. And I want to ask you, is Israel a true democracy? 
resting on strong pillars, or are we essentially a patchwork of tribes, some of them uh, truly committed to democracy, while others preferring a different system of government, for example, like a, a one based of, on a religious Jew, a Jewish law? Well, Ben, it's, it's, a, it's an excellent question. We're, we're a true democracy. We have to remember that beyond the, the sort of North America and Europe, there were only two or three other countries post-World War II uh, that had the functioning democracies. And Israel was one of these uh, um, uh, unique cases. And, uh, and, and over the years, our democracy uh, developed and evolved and, and improved. And at the same time, and now we're undergoing a, a, a crisis. There are a series of threats on our democracy. Some of those, threat, those threats are, are threatening other uh, advanced and developed democracies in the world. We're not the only ones that are undergoing uh, some kind of an erosion. There are many reasons for that. We can expand on it if you wish uh, uh, later on. But uh, so, so and, and so far we have weathered those threats. What are the two uh, unique characteristics that uh, caused me to be more worried. Number one is what I mentioned before. We do not have a constitution. The rules of the game are not etched in stone. It's not like that you need a, a super majority of two thirds of the Knesset in order to change the rules of the game, or you need also a, a approval in other, a, 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 in other houses, for example, Senate and House of Representatives. So this is number one, the rules of the game are, are not uh, etched in stone. And the number two you mentioned is the fact that Israel's uh, society is, uh, is particularly fragmented and it has significant elements, namely uh, the ultra-Orthodox community um, that have a, an entirely different vision for Israel as a, as a Jewish and democratic state. It's basically a vision that uh, uh, um, does not accept uh, the basic assumptions of democracy as we experience them and, and believe in them today. So this is an underlying uh, threat and that we're dealing with. Other democracies also have a, a fragmented society, but not to the same extent. And therefore, while we're very proud of our democracy, we also uh, ought not to take it for granted. If you look around and maybe try uh, to find me an example of a democracy that is suffering a, a, a serious uh, a, a danger or is, uh, or, or is struggling or is uh, maybe already died. Uh, something like uh, Turkey's Erdogan, uh, Hungary's Urban, Russia's Putin. Which example is the most likely to be our example? Well, first of all, we don't, you know, we, we want to be optimistic and, and you know, uh, not uh, there. And, uh, and it's true that many, democ many uh, democracies uh, cease uh, to be, uh, uh, are, can no longer be labeled uh, uh, democracies. If we compare just, you know, for 20 years ago, you gave a list of countries and we have uh, a few countries in East Europe. Uh, uh, you mentioned Hungary, there's Poland. Uh, uh, another good example of, of countries that had fabulous uh, constitutions with, with all, you know, with extensive bills of rights and so on. And those democracies are being uh, eroded to the extent that you can, uh, uh, it would be difficult to label them democracies. I, uh, and, and, and at the same time, advanced democracies 
are are being shaken, and we've seen uh, cases in you know in West Europe and in in North America. So so the entire uh, uh, notion of of democracy is uh, is undergoing a, a serious uh, a, a change and 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 is experiencing a serious threat. Which of the uh, examples is is uh, best fit for Israel? I think we ought to look at the East European examples as the um, uh, as the uh, models that we should uh, not learn from, but understand that uh, under some circumstances we can find ourselves in similar situations. They basically populist uh, uh, leaders that are uh, uh, framing their rule as a, a rule of a strong man representing the people against the elites, against the professional uh, establishments, to, uh, trying to uh, uh, represent the true uh, nature of the nation and, uh, and in doing so, trying to undermine the free media, uh, professional uh, uh, bureaucracy, uh, civil society, uh, independent judiciary. And uh, Ben, since you, you've been uh, uh, covering and analyzing Israeli uh, public life so intimately for so many years, I'm sure the list that I gave you just yeah. now sounds quite familiar. Can you, uh, Yohanan Plessner, settle for me the, or try to uh, the contradiction that on, on the one hand, Israel has tried and jailed top politicians for corruption, the president, the prime minister, a finance minister, an interior minister, and many other senior officials. The incumbent prime minister is also under criminal indictment. On the other hand, Netanyahu's persistent attacks on the police, the prosecution, the attorney general and the courts are unprecedented in their extent and strong effect. Do you think these systems have been undermined to a dangerous extent? Yeah, well, we're very, you know, the fact you, you mentioned it, that uh, we have independent uh, law enforcement institutions, an independent judiciary, is a privilege that uh, uh, most citizens of the world uh, don't uh, benefit from. So we're very proud of it. And even advanced countries, it's quite uh, unique that uh, the uh, law enforcement institutions are that uh, strong and that independent that they can actually indict uh, strong public leaders. The uh, situation of Mr. Netanyahu now is unique because it's like you know the, an, an analogy of the world of banking when you, uh, take a, a, a bank through a stress testing. You, you test what would happen to the bank and its, uh, 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 and its assets and its uh, viability, even if uh, very uh, unique circumstances occurred of uh, the decline and the fall of assets and so on. The same is with Israel, where we have, we're ex experiencing a situation of a very, very uh, popular, very savvy, very experienced, a prime minister, a very popular among his own political base. And, uh, and he's uh, relying on, on this popularity and in many ways utilizing this popularity in order to uh, affect his trial and, and with very few inhibitions, undermining the, the judiciary, attacking the uh, state prosecutor, and not allowing for the nomination of a new independent prosecutor. I mean, as you mentioned, unprecedented uh, maneuvers. So we, we can view it in both ways. One, an optimistic way, 
well, you know, under such uh, stress and such uh, uh, unprecedented attacks, our systems uh, continue to uh, operate, the trial goes on and so on. So if we uh, have gone through that, we can go through uh, a lot. On the other hand, uh, you're right that those uh, attacks have an effect, have a chilling effect, uh, uh, both on the state prosecutor, on, uh, on the judiciary. They're undermining those institutions and the, and the trust in those institutions that is so necessary uh, for them to fulfill their roles. So, uh, you know, it's too early to, uh, uh, to summarize because we're really in the midst of, of, a, of, a, of a, a very big uh, event, uh, but no doubt those systems prove that they're strong and at the same time, uh, those uh, attacks prove that they're effective. So uh, we're in the midst of a, of a very big event and, and, and my hope, again, as a citizen, as head of the Israel Democracy Institute, that the institutions of rule of law and the judiciary will preserve their independence, their professional uh, attitude, and that the trust in those institutions will be uh, restored. I want to make it harder for you, Yochanan uh, Plessner, and ask you, maybe these uh, 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 systems, talking about the judiciary and uh, maybe the, the police and the law enforcement and the attorney general, maybe they earned the criticism and the mistrust. Maybe Israel's legal system has, uh, has earned it because, uh, for example, years of intensive, perhaps even arrogant ruling by a Supreme Court that is endowed with too much power and intervenes in every aspect of life. The cry for reforms in the system uh, were not answered. And this, you know, we can, we can blame uh, Prime Minister Netanyahu that did not allow any reforms in the judicial system until he was indicted himself. But, but you know what? What reforms do you think are required in this regard? Well, uh, you know, it's a good point. Uh, for sure, the, uh, there's much a, a fixing that can be done with our, uh, you know, law enforcement institutions, with the judiciary. Uh, just to take the extent of time uh, for cases until they're uh, heard and uh, decided upon. Uh, the extent of time until a decision on an indictment. Uh, many uh, citizens undergo, uh, uh, you know, difficult periods and so on. So there are many uh, areas uh, where those systems can be uh, improved. And uh, uh, but the current attacks on those systems are not attacks from a, a, a productive, constructive criticism that is aimed at improving and reforming uh, uh, those institutions. Those are attacks that are, their main goal is to undermine trust and, and, and demolish trust without any constructive uh, element in them. You know, not appointing a state prosecutor uh, for two years or, or, or more or uh, uh, more than a year is not, uh, is not a way to fix those institutions. That's one point about the, the decline of trust. Another point is, uh, is that... Um, uh, in many areas, like we've seen just last week with the uh, decision of the Supreme Court on the uh, conversion issue, uh, the political system in Israel uh, is paralyzed, does not make decisions on key matters that have to do with the identity, uh, religion and state and so on. The court is then uh, pulled into this vacuum because you know decisions need to be made and then the court uh, absorbs a lot of the 
a lot of the criticism. So uh, yes, we should, uh, we ought to reform the system for sure. And uh, when it comes to administ uh, administrative matters, when it comes to uh, the role of the court as a, um, um, a high court of justice, uh, uh, basically uh, to its constitutional role, there's an urgent need to define the, uh, the way we legislate basic laws or the way we legislate chapters in the constitution, according to which the court uh, 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 then makes uh, judgments and, uh, and to define uh, uh, in a basic law, the, the role of the court, uh, how it conducts judicial, uh, judicial review and so on. So if there was a um, 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 constructive a political system that would actually uh, want to improve trust. It could have done a serious constitutional reform, serious administrative reform, and there are ideas, some of them ideas that, you know, that uh, we're promoting at the IDI that uh, can uh, achieve the support of 70% of the population from the right, from the left, and from the center, and, and put us in a much better uh, point of equilibrium. So, so Ben, this is if you actually are concerned about the substantive matters, uh, things can be done. But what we're seeing here is not substantive at all. It's uh, attacks aimed at eroding, uh, subverting those institutions, uh, because a very strong man, namely the prime minister, is being indicted and, and wants to uh, save himself. I want to ask you a difficult question, Yohanan Bessner. You, you've been in politics, you've been a Knesset member from Kadima, you, you worked, worked with Netanyahu, I think you chaired the committee that was supposed, you know, to produce a new statute of, of uh, the, drafting the, the ultra-Orthodox youth. To yeah, the at the time I had many Netanyahu hours. Yes, and... Uh, do you, what do you think is going inside his mind? Is he a cold-blooded killer that is going to take the Israeli demo democracy hostage uh, in order to save himself? Is he doing all these things in purpose? Because, you know, as we knew him, he was pragmatic. He, he protected the system. He, had, he spoke many times about the huge importance of the Supreme Court, etc., or does he believe in all his heart that saving himself is good for, for Israeli democracy, for Israeli existence, something like a messiah? I think that this, uh, the, uh, the second option uh, makes more sense to me. I think uh, the, the prime minister is at, its, at, at the peak of his uh, uh, capability a competence, political savviness. I mean, in terms of the tools uh, of how to wield power, he's at his peak. He's also at the peak of his energies and, uh, and hunger uh, to win and obviously stay out of jail. Now, he is, uh, I think, if I have to sort of guess, the story that he's uh, telling himself is that uh, uh, our nation is uh, under security threat and so on, and that those capabilities that he developed are, are so absolutely necessary uh, uh, for the Jewish state that his leadership is really uh, essential and indispensable and therefore it justifies uh, uh, making all sorts of uh, uh, maneuvers that will uh, uh, save him and save his, uh, you know, uh, uh, look after his own fate. So even when he undermines those institutions, I think he lives in a sort of 
a narrative of those institutions really need to be sort of brought down because they're bringing me down and I have such an important role in Israel's history and so on. So there's something, I, I don't know if, they, I, I don't think the word uh, uh, Messiah is a good fit, but I think that after so many years in power, uh, this sense of indispensability um, becomes an authentic emotion. And that perhaps is a, is a good psychological reason why we should uh, introduce the term limits. And I'm saying that, Ben, although uh, many scholars and experts in my institute uh, uh, think that it's uh, term limits are not a good idea for parliamentary democracies. And uh, let's not forget uh, that the guy is uh, approaching 72 and looking at him with all these energies that you just described, working 20 hours uh, a day, day and night and, and uh, all around, is, this is uh, something unique. And uh, yeah, he's a force of nature, I, I must yes. say. I, I, and you know, if we compare him to his first term where he was uh, a lot more constrained and a lot less politically sophisticated, uh, I think the combination of this competence on the one hand and almost absolute lack of inhibitions uh, is, is, is a unique combination. And, uh, and therefore, uh, I think our democracy is really, I mean, depending obviously on the outcome of the election, uh, we're facing some uh, serious, serious threats. And I wouldn't count Ben on this uh, implicit assumption that was in your question that uh, when push comes to shove, Mr. Netanyahu will sort of uh, demonstrate that he has some inhibitions. I think he has much inhibitions when it comes to using a, 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 a violent force. I mean, a, a sending the IDF to various uh, a, a military operations. But when it comes now, at this point in time, when it comes to uh, uh, undermining the judiciary and so on, everything is game. Uh, sending the IDF, maybe not, because, you know, it's not... Uh, uh, one thing we cannot say about Netanyahu that is uh, warmongering, but uh, using the head of the Mossad, Yossi Cohen, uh, to political uh, means and missions is... Uh, he just said, when we are speaking, he was interviewed in Channel 13 and said that uh, he will use uh, Yossi Cohen after he finishes his term in June in the government. Uh, and, you know, he cannot use anyone in the government uh, after three years in, in office. But uh, this is, we, are, we, are, uh, we went down to the sidelines. I want to ask you a final question, Yohanan Pesner. You just spoke about the election. We are going on the March 23rd to our fourth consecutive election campaigns within two years. Something is not working here. In, I, I'm talking about the system. Do we need to change it? Yeah, for sure. I mean, we're going through the, uh, to a fourth election campaign because of the Netanyahu factor, which we've discussed in length. But this factor is also uh, overlaid on top of a, an electoral system that has inherent strong weaknesses uh, that need to be changed. They need to be changed in order to ensure stability, in order to ensure a decisive outcome after an election. So we will know who is prime minister and we will have uh, sufficient confidence that he will serve uh, 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 for a long time. And also we need to change the electoral system in order to ensure uh, that the, uh, the decision-making power uh, remains with the mainstream forces 
and is not confiscated by single issue parties like the ultra-Orthodox parties that, uh, uh, that today uh, almost, you can say, have a monopoly over sub-domestic areas because of the weaknesses of our electoral system. So yeah, it requires a, a dramatic, uh, there's a dramatic need for electoral reform. And hopefully, if uh, a combination of uh, right-wing centrist and, and left-wing parties uh, builds a coalition, uh, that can be such a reform can be sort of uh, offer a narrative that will uh, connect them uh, together. So I'm, I'm not extremely hopeful, but I can see some political scenario that can allow for that uh, to happen. We will have to wait and see and first get uh, out on the other side of the election safe. Johan Plesner, it was uh, extremely interesting. Thank you very much for this conversation. We will get uh, go to a short break right now and uh, be back shortly with some final thoughts. Thank you to Dai Johanan. Thanks, Ben. Thanks for having me. I'm Andrew Parasoliti, president of the award-winning media news site, El Monitor, where we cover the Middle East with some of the best reporters and columnists anywhere. And I'm excited to announce our new podcast, On the Middle East, where each week I will interview newsmakers from the U.S. and the region about the latest news and trends with additional commentary from our on-the-ground correspondents. Those of you who follow the region know that what happens in the Middle East doesn't stay in the Middle East. And to cite another great movie line, every time the U.S. tries to get out, the region pulls us back. Your time is valuable, so let me promise you this. You will learn something and you will never be bored because each week we'll be talking with and listening to those leaders who are making the news and shaping the trends in this critical and fascinating region. So please subscribe to On the Middle East with me, Andrew Parasoliti. Thank you for staying with us. It was a very, very worrying conversation with Yohanan Plesner that know a thing or two about Israeli democracy. He actually said, and he said he's quite hesitant to say so, that there is a real and present danger to Israeli democracy. That over the past decade, uh, Israel have witnessed uh, many dozens of initiatives, mainly legislative, in an attempt to undermine various aspects of uh, Israeli democracy, things like checks and balances, civil society, rule of law, rights of minorities, etc. But right now, as we approach the upcoming elections, says uh, Yohanan Plesner, there is a 50-50 chance of a new government that uh, will introduce to the Israeli public a legislative package that will have an overall effect uh, with dramatic erosion of the Israeli uh, democratic regime. I think he also said that there is a, a chance, I'm not, I don't know if it's a good chance, that Netanyahu will succeed in uh, postponing or cancelling his trial, an unprecedented uh, uh, historic thing in Israel. And uh, when I asked him to, to compare Israel's uh, democratic uh, system, struggling system, to anywhere else in the world. He preferred Eastern Europe on, uh, on Turkey's Erdogan. He is very worried, as many in Israel. I, uh, I hope it was interesting, and I hope to meet you here 
next Monday, a day before the, the upcoming uh, election, fourth in a row. Here in On Israel, I am Ben Kaspit. Take care. Bye-bye.